Hello and welcome to Koality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And today we are going to talk about flow. 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 What kind of flow, Skylar? Flow in the pipes? Nope. The flowing of mucus down your face once you get coronavirus. Yes, this seems that seems very. I, I actually I thought that was not a symptom. I, Am I, I right? I, if I you have a no runny idea. nose, I think you're good. Oh, okay. for those here. In fact, you're immune to it if your nose is running. Whoa, <laughs> is that right? Bold statements there, Cotton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'd like to apologize to Marcus the OK in Discord for not singing the intro, but don't worry, Anthony will be back singing next week. I'm sure. Although I, I think we'll all agree that was a that was probably your liveliest intro in Thanks. a while. I, I've been, so. I'm more inspired to be lively now that I know that I'm being judged for not singing. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, well, I'll do our listeners a favor and explain maybe a little bit more. Right? On yes, please. What kind of flow we're talking about? Uh, the flow we want to the 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 inspiration from this topic is again from. Uh, the fantastic book, The Art of Game Design, A Book of Lenses by Jesse Shell. It's phenomenal. We talk about why it's phenomenal all the time. Check it out, especially if you're interested in the world of game design. But um, one of the lenses he talks about is called, well, flow. And this is mental flow, if you will. It's a state of mind. And he says uh, lots of great stuff, but we've extracted a few things here that we're going to... Uh, start uh, to reference in our conversation. And I'll start reading a chunk here, Skylar, and then you uh, tell me what you think. So uh, Jesse says, the important thing to understand is that everything we experience and think about is a model, not reality. Reality is beyond our understanding and comprehension. All we can understand is our little model of reality. Sometimes this model breaks and we have to fix it. And the reality we experience is just an illusion. But this illusion is the only reality we'll ever know. As a designer, if you can understand and control how that illusion is formed in your player's mind, you will create experiences that feel as real or more real than reality itself. And I, there's more, but like to stop there for a second, this is pretty crazy. You know, what, <laughs> what he's saying here is very, I think there's a lot of people who maybe uh, don't think about this. You know, the fact that what we perceive as reality is just that, a perception of it, um, and fundamentally incomplete, right? Like, we, we, we know some things from science and whatever. Where there's, there's some uh, mathematical models that can help us sort of objectively reason about some, some things of reality, but it's still largely unknown in lots of ways and, and still very much a subject to our perception of it. Yeah, it's really interesting that he starts this section off like this. Um, it because I think it's even like more interesting because people talk so much about like realism in video games and stuff, right? And like he's just basically coming out and being like, "Yeah, realism isn't even like doesn't even matter. It's not even a thing." So really, that's not what you're trying to create at all, right? Like, you can yeah. try and make something feel real to someone, but that's just, like, altering their perception of this thing that's definitely not real. Right, yeah. And that somehow... I, I We've touched on this in a couple of other things, especially when we're talking about, like, the cognitive biases in the other podcasts, but um, this actually can be something that helps game developers arrive to that, like, what you're talking about, for, to have things feel real. Um, since it's... 
somehow an illusion, this realness, this realism, or it's, you know, there's, there's tricks we can play as developers to help the, the player get immersed to a, to a level where it feels real. Um, yeah, right? I mean, the classic um, example that everyone always uses is, right, that you're like, the only the part of the world that you're looking at is being rendered in like the highest quality and very often like the when you're looking at a specific section there's like people who have like frozen games and then look, been able to unlock the camera and look around and they see like the whole rest of the place is being rendered at like horrible quality all pixelated or even not being rendered at all right and that's just to make this yeah. what the player's seeing way more real even though in reality right like it's like only a tiny chunk of what's actually would be there if it was really uh, realistic. Yeah, um, I just ha- just guest starred on a Sacred Icon Halo podcast episode. For those of you who are joining us who have just jumped over, welcome. Um, but you have heard us talk about this part in Halo Four where you like walk through a tunnel. Lots of games do this, right? Where you like are going through this tunnel. Where on the other side there's this grand vista of Forerunner stuff. But behind you, there's also a huge space of um, like crash ship debris. But you, your perception of it as you move through the space is that you went from this one large space to another, right? And that they're both there and you walk backwards and it's still there. But what's actually happening in reality is there's some trickery involved where once the player moves certain part past the 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 into the tunnel, um, part of the debris field is either not rendered or rendered at a much lower resolution to like what you were saying, exactly like in line of what you were just talking about. So um, these tricks, right? So we still perceive it as real, like there's a whole planet here, but really there's... <laughs> Whatever. what As much as the GPU can show you there, you know? Right, exactly. And, like, uh, it's also, you can see it when you get, like, stuck in the wall in some games. You get accidentally clipped through the wall, and then you turn back to look at the level, and, like, nothing is rendering at all. Because, like, from that angle, nothing actually renders, and it's all just rendering only from the angle that you're seeing it. Right, yep. Um, yeah. Anyway. No, so anyway, very interesting. Um, but this also plays into the subsequent things he talks about. So going from there, he says, One crucial technique our brains use to make sense of the world is the ability to focus its attention selectively, ignoring some things and devoting more mental power to others. What we focus on at any given moment is determined through a blend of our unconscious desires and our conscious will. When something captures our complete attention and imagination for a long period, we enter into an interesting mental state. The rest of the world seems to fall away and we have no intrusive thoughts. All we're thinking about is what we're doing and we completely lose track of time. This this state of sustained focus, pleasure, and enjoyment is referred to as flow and has been the the subject of extensive study by psychologists and of many psychologists. There's our word. There's our word flow. I think we could stop there and talk about this for a bit if you want. Um, Yeah, like that, that's what flow is, right? If you were wondering, if you were waiting for the big suspenseful reveal, there it is. Um, Yes. So there's actually a sense right after that kind of gives a definition. If you will, it says flow. Yeah, flow is sometimes defined as a feeling of complete and energized, focused in an activity with a high level of enjoyment and fulfillment. There it is. So so yeah. I mean yeah, and that's like very surface level, but like the details he gave before are really interesting, right? Your conscious will and your unconscious desires being in tune. Oh, yeah. uh, like that's pretty intense. And I mean, I think everyone who plays video games often has experienced this, right? Where you sit down to play a game and it's like three hours later all of a sudden and you've ignored all your responsibilities and 
you've just been so focused on the game and maybe you were even like dying a lot or going through frustrating parts but you didn't even notice it and only in retrospect you realize how frustrating those parts probably were because you were in such a state where it didn't even matter yeah um you know, there's some games, you know, something like a Rocket League is, is where my head goes to immediately. We've we talked extensively about it on this podcast, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But that's a game where, holy crap, yeah. you know, like... It's very it, easy to flow in that game. Yes. Um, Espe- even, I think- like, between games, right? Like, even between these whole five-minute games, just because, like, even the ranked grind or whatever is a flow like a whole session of rocket league is flow even though there's can be like relatively long pauses between games yeah i mean and you're definitely at a higher skill uh level so you're it takes you probably longer to find games but i was just going to say the matchmaking's pretty fast i can go into another game pretty quickly which even further like increases that that flow. Um, yeah. Oh, um, well, actually, and the, and free play, right? Like, you can jump into free play while you're waiting for a game, and you can keep that, like, you know, the mechanical momentum going. I don't know. Yeah. One of the games where I've had a really interesting flow experience was playing Super Meat Boy, actually, when that game first came out. Um, I think I played it for, like, six and a half hours or something. Maybe more. Me and my yeah, roommate yeah. played it for like Close. six to eight hours straight the day it came out. And that game is like super frustrating. You die so much in that game. But the coolest, one of the coolest mechanics in that game is that every time you die, um, you like, your like ghost is saved, quote unquote. And then when you beat the level finally, you get to watch every single one of your deaths play simultaneously with your guy also beating the level. So there's just like, 30 meat boys all playing the level at the same time and it's like all of your deaths and then the one guy that makes it oh and i think even even just knowing that was coming like increased the flow and made it less frustrating just like eventually i'm gonna get to see the super cool thing where i see all of these like failures pay off in this one success cool that's the question i was gonna ask if you thought that helped you like stay engaged sounds like it did yeah i really Um, think so yeah, that's interesting. Uh, probably that badass soundtrack helped, too. The soundtrack's <laughs> really good. The sound design in general is really good, and the controls are so fluid. I think fluid controls, or at least controls that make sense to the player, are a huge part of flow. Yeah, no, I agree. When when controls... When you have to start thinking about, I have to press buttons, and what buttons do I need to press? Like, like literally, if you are thinking those kinds of things, there's no way you can get immersed into like a fake version of reality right right like you're you, you you haven't detached from real reality yet you know yeah um, i think that makes it and maybe this is one of the reasons it can be hard for people to get into video games sometimes or like you show like your friend this video game that you're super excited about but it's on a controller they're unfamiliar with and they just like can't get into it and that's probably one of the big reasons why right because they just don't have that familiarity that makes it feel so natural to you yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, again, touching on Rocket League, a lot of reasons why sometimes when I play with somebody who hasn't played yet, right, They uh, it's hard for them. They don't, they, they haven't gotten through, gone through the, you know, there's whatever, feeling out the camera and the movement, blah, 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 and Halo is even worse, but yeah. You know I what agree. the worst games for this are, actually, now that I'm thinking about this, are fighting games, like Street Fighter, because... Those games, right, the special moves rely on very specific control control stick movements that are not simple. Like, the Shoryuken motion, which is this, like, diagonal motion, is very complicated to do consistently without a ton of practice. And before people can do that, like, they can't even really 
think about the game as a game. It's just like a can I do the controls right, like, exercise. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Maybe that's part of the reason why it was less interesting to me. I think it's why they, at least they have a very high barrier of entry. I feel like if you could get there, you might feel very similarly about them as you do Rocket League. But it, it would take even more effort than it did in Rocket League. To get there, like I have friends who've played fighting games for a long time and just keep playing them because they love them, but even they still struggle with the controls, and it's by far the most frustrating thing for them when that happens. When they're like messing up an input and it has nothing to do with like their actual thoughts on the game. Yeah, no, I th- talk I, about I agree. a flow killer. <laughs> now, I wanted to ask you a question because you know I'm talking about Rocket League, Halo. Um, even fighting games is still somewhat uh, familiar to me, but you play another kind of a game that I don't play very much and is also very successful, very popular. So I've got to think somehow succeeds at flow and that's uh, Dota two. Yeah. Um, MOBAs in general, I've had a lot of experience with, I played Dota one and Warcraft three when I was really young. And then I played heroes of new earth. I've played league of legends. I've played Dota two a ton played. I played, I played so many MOBAs. <laughs> Smite, now, MOBAs, Paragon. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it doesn't the, matter. <laughs> Demigod. I could, like, name so many obscure MOBAs that I've played. <laughs> well, so MOBAs are one, like, I've I've played, it's got to be less than, or around two to five hours total of League, and that is it. Right, right and I've probably played, and, like, two to five thousand hours total of MOBAs. Yes. So from my perspective, MOBAs... Um, and, and I'll touch on, I think there's a couple of reasons, but like MOBAs are not very, like they don't conduct flow awesome for me in a, not, it's a great, a great deal. Um, part of the reason uh, I think is likely that I, uh, you know, grew up playing on controller and stuff. So I suck at keyboard and mouse. And so that, that interface in itself, like we were just talking about before is a little um, not uncomfortable for me yeah that's what i was gonna Um, say i think it's there's a high barrier of entry to mobas and even if you are familiar with the controls there's already a barrier of entry and for you not even being familiar with the control scheme and like having that feel very like flowy to you just as a control scheme is gonna like ruin it for you but once again i do feel like if you like got used to the keyboard and mouse thing you could be really into them because like honestly i I like them for the same reasons that I like games like Rocket League, so I don't see why they wouldn't be something that would be interesting to you if you could get to that place. Yeah, so can you talk about that? What how what are the similar so if we think about flow and what Jesse was saying in regards to like focusing attention yeah. and at the same time not having something that's too hard or too easy. Um, you know, and we've talked extensively about Rocket League, but how does, how do MOBAs, and you can use Dota, whatever example yeah. you want to, but like how, how, what are some ways they accomplish that? I think you should read the last section of the, um, of the, of the flow explanation before I go into this. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, the last section that Skyler's referring to says, uh, Jesse says, Jesse Shell says, this cycle of tense and release, tense and release, comes up again and again in design. It seems to be inherent to human enjoyment. Too much tension and we wear out, too much relaxation and we grow bored. When we fluctuate between the two, we enjoy both excitement and relaxation, and this oscillation also provides both the pleasure of variety and the pleasure of anticipation. So, this that's and this is why this section was so important to me, this tension and re- release thing, because I, that is the core of why MOBAs are fun. 
like the interest curve of a MOBA game, which Dota can take between like 40 minutes and an hour, I guess I would say, although there's obviously outliers in both directions. Um, the flow of the game is like really cool. It starts out in what's called the laning phase, right? Where um, you're sort of chill. You're just there in the lane trying to get gold and farm up gold. And there's not that much crazy stuff going on. It's a very like relaxed period. But then suddenly like a fight will happen. A few fights will break out over the course of this laning phase, which are these tense moments. And so you get those even from the beginning, but in this like relaxed way. And that whole like tension and release cycle of like you fighting and then you farming and just doing like stuff and then fighting again and farming is there throughout the entire game. And it just climaxes and like crescendos as the game increases and you get to the later, later game. Then your whole team is together. All five of you fighting together. And these fights are happening in bigger scale and like, their stakes are higher because now you're in a fight where if you lose you're gonna lose like a bunch of buildings whereas at the beginning if you lose like no one does enough damage to kill your building so it's not as bad and then the fights are also worth more gold and experience and so this like interest curve is like crazy in mobas all the way to the point where like a single super tense fight at the end of the game can determine the winner potentially depending on how close the game has been okay um you know from the little bit i've played of league i that that does kind of nail it i i agree with that assessment Um, so from this like macro overhead perspective that's where i think flow comes from but also and the cool this is what's cool about mobas i think there's also like a micro perspective of mobas where you're controlling your character and there's a lot of precision and like intention required to do that um and also like the team dynamics of interacting with your team. Like if you stun the guy and I stun the guy at the same time, we just wasted our spells and potentially made the difference between us killing him and him getting away and then his team coming back and winning the fight. So there's this whole aspect of thinking about the like large scale things going on, like what my team is doing, what the other team is doing, when this fight is happening, how we're positioning this fight, but also the very small details of like, Am I killing this creep when it's about to die so I get the gold, which is called last hitting in Dota? And then, or like, am I casting my spell at the exact right moment such that it, I'm not stacking with another player? And some spells also are not like, you have to click accurately on the person you want to target, or if the spell isn't a targetable one, you have to like cast on the area so that you know that the spell's going to hit there, or that the delay, the, there's like this spell called Light Strike Array that this character called Lena has, which is like an AoE stun that happens in a circle, and you click it, and there's like a point seven. I don't know what it is, there's a like a, around a second long delay before it actually stuns the area, and so like timing that spell is a huge thing, and that's an, that is like this micro element that also makes these tense moments come as well, just in casting a single spell, there's a tension and release. Yeah, it is juice. Okay, so <laughs> um, I'd say that the way I describe all that is that it's baked in. There's lots of layers of this, especially in regards to this tense and release. It sounds like there's a good, um, like I'll, I'll say, playing league. Uh, you go out and you're fighting. If you die, there's there's a there's a I don't know, not at the end when the other team's like attacking and everything, but. Uh, up to that point, there's a nice chunk of time that you need to, that you have like, where the game slows down and you think about where you're going, like where you're moving to, um, kind of looking at 
uh, I don't know, the state of the field. I think also, if I'm remembering correctly in League, that's where I can, like, buy... When I'm at my home base, after I die, I can buy upgrades and stuff. Yeah, so this um, is another thing I was going to talk about is items and, like, itemizing. In Dota, it's similar, although there are couriers that can bring items to you, and there are other places on the field where you can buy items besides your base. Um, but cool. just itemizing in general is really interesting and a whole other, like, meta game within the game that you have to think about. And I think that provides some flow, too, because... Then, like, and that's this isn't even talking about the character variety as well, but with all the different characters in the games and all the different item combinations, you have so many options for these, like, niches you can find yourself in. Or, like, you just, like, think about what kind of a game you want to have. Like, oh, do I want to play a character who's really aggressive and I'll get to, like, that's, like, what I'm feeling right now and that's the kind of moments I want to create? Or do I want to play a character that's, like, super supporting and heals my teammates and gets them out of danger and has, like, cool mobility moves or something to get away? Then you can play that kind of game, you know? And there's just so many combinations that you can basically pick whatever kind of game you want, like what you're emotionally interested in, what your conscious desires, wills and unconscious desires are for that moment and, and satisfy those really easily. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so now conversely also, um, sorry, that, that delay there was intentional. You can edit this out. My kids were running. Um, I wrote down the time. Ready? Yeah, go ahead. So, that's a lot of stuff, though, at the same time, everything you just explained. Um, there's a... Uh, yeah. Is there... Do you think that there's maybe certain heroes or certain styles that are make it easier for a player to... You know, a new player to jump in? Because there's a lot... You know, as you just explained, there's... A, there's metagame within metagames. There's all kinds of different variants on even just a character, depending on the way you you do your upgrade, if you will, your upgrade tree with your items and stuff. Um, yeah, there's also the order in which you get your abilities. There's tons. Yeah, there's tons of things. So that's that's kind of why my where my initial question comes from. It seems very intimidating, which it seems very like I, I think the the way I would describe flow, at least for me, is when I'm in that state. I'm the kind of conscious, um, processing, rational part of my brain seems like it's barely doing anything. Or at least, like, I, I feel like I'm barely using it. The, like, that's how it feels. Uh, when I have to, like, step back out, and I, like I've described on other podcasts, this is kind of what I don't like about playing puzzle games, is I feel that they're very cerebral. Like, I need to actually think about what I'm trying to do, um, and that takes me out of like that the, the, whatever the reality of the game or whatever it, it's it takes me more into that like i'm i'm back in real life i'm thinking about it and i'm sort of entering my input into a program yeah. right um so yeah it sounds like that somehow it, it, why do you think that you um i i i, I agree with you that like if i if i wanted to let's say maybe it would be a thing like if my friends if my wife was really into mobas i'd be motivated maybe uh somehow extrinsically or whatever to play it um and then i would grind through that amount of understanding and then it somehow um i think raf coster uses that term grok like you kind of master things and they become second nature like i'm sure that to you it it doesn't feel like what i'm describing right now it doesn't feel like a really intense cerebral activity to break things down there's some amount of just second nature to it now right yeah i think i have a good analogy for this because i've been thinking about this a lot 
because I play a lot of rhythm games and I've been playing them a lot. And I think that this concept really describes <clears throat> this mastery path in a really good way. Um, because, I mean, I agree with you. MOBAs have some of the highest barriers of entries of any video games that exist. And Dota probably with the worst of all of them. So I'm probably pretty jaded from that concept. Because, you know, I've been playing it since I was like 13. So, like, at this point, I barely even think about... I don't have to think about all of that crazy stuff, right? And this is, like, the, where this analogy comes in. So, when you think about, like, DDR, or Dance Dance Revolution, you know, you're seeing arrows, they're coming up, you're trying to hit them to the music, right? Right. And so, when you start out, like, the first time you play that game, you're watching the screen, and you're watching these individual arrows come up, you're thinking that that arrow is pointing to the right, that means I need to hit the right button, and when it comes up and gets there, you hit the right button, Right. Right. And then eventually you see like a double, like two arrows, like a right and a down. And you think about that, and the way you process that is you see a right and you see a down. And you think about both of those, and you think about hitting those at the same time, and then you do it. And then you yep. play for a while, right? And then you start to not be, have to think about those doubles that way. You just see those where they are, like uh, across the screen, and, you're, and you know that corresponds to you hitting these two. And you see a right arrow. You don't think about it as a right arrow anymore. You just know that if it comes up in that position, that's the button you're hitting. You're not thinking right anymore. You're just thinking, your just brain connects directly where your foot or finger has to go and where that arrow is, right? Right. And then you get to the point where you're no longer looking at individual arrows. You see like three arrows in a row and you know that pattern now. So instead of looking at individual arrows, you're now looking at collections of arrows. And those represent right. patterns to you. And those patterns grow larger and larger until potentially you could even be thinking about it at like a song level. Like you know an entire file so well that that whole file is like thought of as one pattern to you. And right. I think yeah. that is like a really good illustration of like how you get to these various points of flow, right? Because, and probably one of the like pinnacles of good flow game design, which I'm not going to say Dota does well, because like I said, the entry is way too hard, but Rocket League does well, is at any point in someone's like journey on that mastery path, there's stuff that's tension and release enough for them to find flow. And yes, I'm not sure not that exists hard, in MOBAs. Not too easy. Yeah, because in MOBAs, like, you're going to die and have no fucking clue what's going on a ton for, like, the first, like, f 200 to 500 hours, probably. Whereas in Rocket League, you're probably going to suck for the first few hundred hours, but you're still going to, like, sometimes have really good moments and really know what you're doing. I don't think that really happens in Dota. And the reason most of the people I know who have gotten into Dota recently have is because they've had really good friends who encourage them and play with them and help them create those moments. Right. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. After you, you know, after this conversation, I'm thinking, one, uh, MOBAs have a, bar a high barrier entry. You've you've kind of verified that. Um, and two, I probably would enjoy, but fun if you break them down fundamentally, they just have a really extensive mastery path. And I do enjoy that in games, right? Like I, um, I love that. I, it's not that I don't want to get better in a game, and I don't find that satisfying. I really find that satisfying. But um, that barrier of entry is such that I think I would need, to your point just now, like either a friend or somebody that makes me really want to play it, and I have to have some kind of vested interest in in, in trying to get better. Um, so. Or, or, and trying to figure the game out. Like you said, two to 500. Like, I need to go on YouTube. I need to look at, like, metas of stuff. I need to, like, oh, yeah. I have to learn so much, right? Like, just to get to a, what I call, like, a baseline. There's this guy so, named Purge who's literally known for, like, releasing really thorough patch analysis videos every time a Dota patch comes out. 
Um, I want you to guess at like the average length of these videos, just to describe the patch changes, like the balance changes each time balances happen. <laughs> uh, do does like every hero change or something? Sometimes, yeah. Oh man, okay, yeah. I don't know. My jeez, <laughs> it can't be less than an hour. They're usually between three and six hours long, and people watch yeah, the whole shit. thing for sure. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. And uh, and I will say, I think you made me think of this while you were talking that like. I think this is the reason why MOBAs are one of the most successful esports because they have one of the most complex mastery paths. And so the people who are really good at them, like, really have mastered something very complex. Right. It, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And, and similar to Rocket League, I think that's why Rocket League's esport is so successful too, because it is, again, people who are good at it have really mastered something meaningful, like, from a video game skill perspective. Right. Yeah. There's a, the they have a ridiculously high skill ceiling as well. And it like you know be. what the original esport was, right? Uh, which one? StarCraft. Okay. Um, right, like <laughs> RTSs are the original esport. They, beca- I mean, the reason esports are even a thing are because Korea like jumped on StarCraft and made it huge. Like made StarCraft throws into celebrities, and that slowly trickled over here. Um. And StarCraft, like, RTS games, those are some of the most complex games there there is, right? Like, those are requiring you to move, like, 50 different units at the same time in, like, really specific patterns and ways, and one small mistake could ruin your whole game. And at the same time you're moving those 50 units, you're also queuing up building orders on, like, 10 different buildings. Yep. Like, the term APM and, like, huh? the concept of APM came from RTSs because people are clicking, like, 300 times, 200 to 300 times a minute so that they can do everything they need to do. No, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. That I, I think uh, this is maybe a top, it's something for another topic another time, at least for me personally. Um, I think there's a, the length of play time of MOBAs in particular is something that has kept me away from them, which is maybe sounds silly considering that I can definitely sit down and play Rocket League for hours uh, if I have the opportunity, but I can, enj- I can get a full loop through, if you will, of, of Rocket League in five minutes, seven minutes. Um, and it's much... It, it, those two... What I can accomplish, maybe, are the amount of Rocket League that I feel I can play, the amount of games I can play in 200 hours is much more comparatively than how much I could do in a MOBA. A hundred percent true. And I think I probably feel similarly because I play Rocket League way more than I play MOBAs now. And I basically moved away from MOBAs to playing Rocket League almost exclusively right? for, I think, the same reason, because I'm getting a fulfilling experience in way less time. And granted, I would argue that the experience of the the MOBA, like these epic hour-long games, is really, really fulfilling. Um, probably more fulfilling than Rocket League in general, but it's not fulfilling enough to motivate me to want that over playing like uh whatever however many games of rocket league 12 games of rocket league i could play in that hour and probably have a few of them be really really fulfilling you know right yeah it's just another thing to add to that barrier of entry yeah like we were talking about yeah and even like league has always tried to shorten their game times for this reason heroes of the storm which was released as like blizzard's moba that game like whole perspective whole like design was based on creating this really short moba experience like 20 minutes long and trying to make it as fulfilling as the hour-long MOBA because, like, I think Blizzard saw that the only reason, like, one of the reasons people shy away from MOBAs is because they are quite a long commitment. And when you lose, like, that hour-long game and it feels horrible, that feels a lot worse than losing a five-minute-long Rocket League game. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. Cool, man. Um, I think this is, we could, I think there's lots of, we could go on for, with flow for hours and yeah, hours. Yeah, I mean, we may need to um, revisit it for sure. That, we, didn't, we didn't even talk about flow that much necessarily. <laughs> yes, yes, we kind of got into the details of how that's implemented mobiles, but I thought that was cool. I think especially for people who are like me who don't, haven't dived in, dived, dived, dove into that space um, significantly. Uh, I think this conversation was very interesting, very enlightening. Because uh, you see, like, it's so, they're so popular. So many people play them. And, you, and uh, I think this conversation sheds light on why, uh, where, where where the merit is there, if you will, in their design. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason um, that, like I said, they're one of the most successful esports by far. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Very good. So we will. I think we will touch on it again. If not, it'll come out for sure in other conversations. We didn't even talk about, I wanted, maybe one time we'll talk about bugs, right? Because you get bugs. Yep. And they totally take you out yep. of flow. Yeah, you know, immersion right? and all that. So, immersion, all the things kind of surrounding this. So, we'll talk about that another time. Um, if, for the listeners out there, you tell us what, what you want to listen to. You know, you can um, – I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you. If you want to find us, if you want to talk to us, you can find us on Discord, on Twitter, on Instagram at koala underscore ENT. Or you can go to our website, koalaentertainment.com. It's got links yeah, to everything. Yeah, join the Discord um, from All there. our social media platforms. Yes, you can join the Discord from there. Inside of the Discord, we actually have a podca- podcast discussions channel. So come talk to us. Tell us what you think. Um, and tell us what you think about Floor. What what kind of topics you'd like to us to visit around Floor, or just in general, what you think. Um, Scott, what do you got? Um, Anything? Yeah, come check out the Discord. Uh, things are brewing. Um Things are happening. I don't want to tell you too much, but if you join the Discord, you might be surprised by how much is going on there and how much is going to start going on in the coming weeks. So get in early so you can really have a handle on what's going on and help create some secret stuff. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes, we will leave it at that. It is the first sneak peek into the universe of the game we are making. Come join the Discord. Come see what's happening. Um, and until next time, right, Skyler, we will uh, see yep. you guys next Have time. Have a great week. Don't get coronavirus. Or yes, do, and safe. then play a lot of Wait, video games while you're sick at home. Play <laughs> lots of video games either way yeah. for sure. Yes. <laughs> Bye. See ya.